yo, 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 yo. Hey, Jay the Fourth, Misha, Jimmy James, Coined, Rith Monk, Raul Amir, Christophus Four, 25 others, Michael Bryan, Marty Hathaway, Kettle Bear, Red Pill America, Chula Walker, Durable Goods. Thank you for Savage Means Volume 2. You're welcome. Buick Bear, what's up? My name is Mud449, what's up? Ameritrump, 45. Boris, Boris, Boris. Hola, como esta? What's up? Bought a German Shepherd, Belgian. Oh, that's cool. Belgian, I've never heard of a Millinois. I don't think, I can, I couldn't get a dog right now. How to deal with quarantine depression? Um, don't quarantine yourself. Go out and do stuff. Be productive. Make things. Uh, grow one single tomato plant. That'll give you joy. Uh, offer a service to someone. Give someone something for free. Make someone laugh. Um, go for a walk. Exercise. Go running without a mask. Um, go talk to someone who has a mask and be such a... Um, wonderful free person that they take their mask off without even noticing. That'll make you, uh, that'll make your depression go away. Dep depression, I know there's a chemical aspect to depression to some people. I don't even know that for sure, actually. I just, I kind of go, eh, that could make sense. Um, people can be manipulated by existing drugs to be depressed and then they're sold another drug to not be depressed. I think that's the trick going on. Um, but aside from that, um, depression is a very narcissistic, otherwise, uh, cyclical loop that, um, a lot of people, uh, do themselves. It's a, it's a form of narcissism where it's like, you're depressed. It's like, well, you can't be depressed if you're in the moment of expressing gratitude or joy or doing a good deed for someone else. It literally can't be possible. You can't. You can't be depressed and also intently doing those things at the same time. So that's pretty much it. You just got to get moving. You got to get moving. So, um, well, it's hot. It's really hot today. Really hot. Um, what else? Oh, I just, uh, I was, a, I was, uh, I played guitar for a long time. And, um, back in LA before I met, my now wife Megan and had kids. I, um, I, I had an injury to my left hand. I don't know if you see the scar. A glass uh, fell, and I went to grab it, and uh, it it had already broken, and it severed my median nerve from um, ninety five percent. I had to get emergency um, microscopic nerve surgery done by like a team, like the best hand surgery team in uh, California. Um, and, you know, luckily they restored the nerve that I could move my hand, but these three fingers I can't really feel still to this day. Also, if you see how my thumb juts out and is all knobby and pointy, there's a certain grip movement that I can't do. See that lower thumb joint next to my right eye? That, I can't push that in. It's not connected to my brain. I can't push that, see how I can push it in? That little 
strong muscle, that little butt cheek on my thumb, that's gone. Like I can't move that in. So that affected my guitar playing. But um, I don't know if you guys are aware of a guy named Django Reinhardt. He was a guitar player. Um, he's like a gypsy uh, French dude. And that's like some of my favorite guitar playing, aside from like classical guitar playing. And um, his story is unique because he uh, started a fire by like flicking a cigarette and he burned his three fingers. And I learned about him and I realized like, well, I can continue to pursue playing the guitar and um, using nerve damage as an excuse is not legitimate if the dude who I respect as one of the, the coolest uh, improv improvisational uh, players did it with two fingers. So what I've since done is I contacted a guy who follows me named Brett Camus. He's a New Yorker um, who is insanely good at classical and specifically like a gypsy style jazz solo guitar. So we had our first FaceTime um, FaceTime uh class today you know and he tells me he has savage memes on his uh coffee table and if he has a date you know once they that's his arbiter basically <laughs> where uh the, you know he had a recent girl who just saw the thing and was just like i'm out of here so i f i feel like i didn't realize that a book could uh help people filter out uh people in their lives and so that's a service in itself. But uh, anyway, I wanted to tell you about that because I'll be taking classes every Sunday um, and learning guitar again um, from scratch. And um, and I'm super excited about learning another skill. You know, when you watch uh, Owen and you see the piano playing, it's just so rewarding. And it's just like, you know, I, I'm sure for most of you, you're like, oh, I wish my parents taught me that. I wish they made me do piano classes. And that's something I, I want my kids to, to learn um, very uh, early in life is, is piano. Not because I want them to be musicians, is because I really believe that it helps their brains and that learning those two sides of your brains and being able to do that, and it also teaches them discipline. And that's something um, that I have, but uh, applying discipline to an area of my life like guitar playing where I, I still suffer an injury and its effects, I think that'll be a good um, uh, muscle for me to, to not because I want to get so good and blah, you know, that would be cool, but it's because it's a discipline. It's a constraint and it's something to overcome. And it's also something to share when I do overcome it. So I'm kind of excited to do that. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, oh, I'm getting attacked. I don't know who this person is. I think they've infiltrated the bears, uh, for those of you who are bears, but this person I had to block before. And so, you know, the bear trail posted a cute picture of my, uh, daughter, uh, picking tomatoes and this is present. And this person, you know, trying to out us or me. And it's like, the thing is we have pasts, right? So, only four years ago was I in L.A. Um, rejecting God, uh, addicted to pornography, uh, just up in the air about everything, you know, just, just, I don't care. It's all good, man. Everything's good, man. Like, I didn't 
connect back to traditional values, God, Christianity until like two, two years ago. And that's a, that's a huge thing. I was a staunch atheist for 15 solid years. And I mean, not, not just indifferent, like actively like, eh, mom, you're so stupid, mom. Uh, mom, the water's here. Like that, like just, eh, like everything's relative, man. And it's like, and everyone has a past. And I was thinking about this and, you know, this person, you know, went into archives of, of back then and what, you know, my wife posted. And like, there was this one photo back then when, when the Me Too thing was just kind of like a kernel and it was, there was like a protest happening and she took a photo with my uh, oldest, who was maybe a half a year, year old at that point, um, at a protest. And it was like one of the, you know, one of the pussy hat protests. And so this person is now using archived photos of the past and trying to be like, but that was only three years. And then like, it's all bullshit, right? But the important key aspect for those of us who are living uh, the moral life, um, becoming better people, Understanding objective morality, um, knowing and acknowledging the past that we had, but not, there's this weird fine line between, do you erase your past because it no longer represents you? Do you hold your past so that it can be referenced? Um, do you hide your past so people don't realize what you used to be? Uh, do you fully uh, present your past in, in front of you so people understand who you used to be. It's like, I don't know the answers to these things. Um, but I'm not afraid of my past and I'm not afraid to acknowledge it and talk about it. Um, but this person thinks, you know, she was like, yeah, well, it was only three years ago. You have to repent. And she's just like, you know, Owen refers to these people as these, these high horse churchians. You know, it's like, this is what I talked about a couple streams ago, and it's it doesn't matter what the, the actual context is. You can be wearing a mask and not have a mask on. You can be running around in fear. Uh, you need to point out and fix everybody and be the moral, uh, you know, hold your moral gavel and hit people with it. And you might as well have a mask on. You might as well just have it all on, have the goggles and everything, because that's not it. You're a human. You you can't, you're not the judge. You know, people who understand that your sins and your past and repentance and redemption has nothing to do with you servicing the opinions of other people. Nothing to do with it. They aren't the judge. They can judge you. Go ahead. Sure. Oh, that was degenerate. Okay. And now what? Do I go to you? Do I say... Oh, please, random fucking retard person pretending to be a bear. Uh, oh, please, please, uh, uh, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? We did bad things. Uh, will you forgive me? Yeah, no, no. Fuck off, dude. Fuck off. The My past is my past. That's it. It's not yours. You don't get to harness it. You don't you don't get to jump on someone else's life like it's just a saddle and just take the reins and be like, we're going toward justice and redemption. And I'm here to point the light. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Don't look at me. I know my past. I know my weaknesses. I knew my addictions. They're mine. They're mine. They're not yours.
So I don't know who that is. I'm not associating them with the, the bear community at all. Um, I think that community is very vulnerable to outside influencers getting in there and uh, pulling up dirt and trying to upend what is good, growth, self-sustainability, family, love, God, Christian values, prayer. Those are all good, and you're going to get these people who maybe don't have it. I don't even need to make an assumption about what they are. They're attacking from another perspective. They, they're, they are um, infiltrators. And that, that's the thing about the good. It always gets attacked because it's a force. A force for good will always be the target. Always. And they'll try to try to pit people against each other, try to whisper in ears like that little, like, um, you know, the bald guy from uh, Game of Thrones, you know, or Littlefinger or whatever, just with, uh, Jim Bob has a past. Jim Bob has a past. Yeah, no shit. And without that past and without going down that path and without uh, living a degenerate, hedonistic, relativist, atheist view... I would not even know how to go away from that path. I need, I, it was all necessary. Everything we go through is a path toward, we can choose toward good or away from good. And that the choice is what matters. And this whole bullshit, there's like a time frame. Well, that was only a year ago. Okay. So if it was two years ago, it'd be different. Or what's your standard? What is it? What is it? Five years? Is it seven years? That was seven. Don't worry, Jim Bob. It was seven years ago. But if it had been three years ago, you'd be in trouble with God. Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, here and there, you said that you're a Christian. A few words state what that means. What that means is that you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you follow the tenets of the Bible, that uh, God is um, is revealed in the life of Christ, and that um, you live according to how those values and morals are conveyed accumulatively throughout the book. And that's not a simple, that doesn't mean that that's easily discerned, but that's what it means. You know, morality, it's not, you know, like someone once said to me recently, they said, well, if morality was true and objective, wouldn't it be a little bit easier to figure out than needing to uh, wait or figure out and deliberate what things mean in an old, you know, 2,000, 3,000 year old book or whatever they said. And I said, well, no, because if, um, you know, if the laws of physics and the complications of chemistry and mathematics are true and objectively true, sh shouldn't they just be easily digestible and discernible? They're not. Things that are true don't aren't always um, apprehended simply. Um, things that are true are often simple. So things that are true are often accessible. But the idea that morality, uh, apprehending it, is should be as easy as an Excel spreadsheet, uh, is is just no different than looking at it like Bill Gates does, which is like uh, some sort of you know you, there's a scientific method to it. You can't do that. It's an it's an immaterial 
uh, absolute law that isn't based in material. Like if it was based in material, we could just use natural law or we can use um, cause and effect and we can figure out the, the scientific pro, you know, method and produce the best hypothesis. Like do X and you are moral. No, because morality is not in the judgment of this fucking twat. It's not in the judgment of us. So therefore we don't have the scoreboard. We don't know the scoreboard nor do we know at what level we're living a moral life. We can't assess it ourselves. We can only have faith. That's the whole point of morality. That's the whole point in faith, is that you're always left in your own humility, is that you're always left in, in faith being what you're leading with. We walk by faith, not by sight. If morality and these things were so clear, as clear as this fucking fat retard thinks it is, then we wouldn't need faith. We would just walk in sight. This person's walking in sight. They're looking and judging and putting a scoreboard on a moral life that uh, belongs to someone else. Those are Christian retards. They're, they're retarded. They literally don't, know, don't even live just fundamentally, like, consistent. And that's fine. You can be inconsistent. I don't care. If you point out inconsistencies... I will own them. My past is inconsistent with my views today. Is that, can you imagine if we were supposed to be, uh, you know, have our views set at age seven and never change? Okay. That's retarded. It's retarded. Anyway, I just wanted to, I wanted to address that because I do have a past. And I don't, I have this weird thing with like, you know, why would you try to delete, uh, you know, why, there's a reason to delete certain things in your past or maybe like they just, they just don't serve a purpose and it's like, why? But that's just in digital form. That's just in like, the ev according to this person, it's like the evidence. Eh. But the fact is you, you, it's great to have a past. It's great to, to reference that. It's a lot of my work is, is totally based in making fun of a version of myself in the past. It's not like, sometimes it's personal toward like, you know, these people like Ben Shapiro and stuff. But even that, even that view was a version of my past or, you know, ba you know, like low level libertarianism. I was that too. I was that too. You know, there are aspects of my past that are actually have amoral values uh, totally amoral and I reject them. So I just, people like that, I know we all have them and, um, to really, you know, effectively address them is to never deny your past is to own it. And, uh, you don't celebrate it. You don't celebrate your past degeneracy, but you acknowledge it. It's very powerful, very powerful. I'm going on my third date tonight after knowing this girl for a week. Any advice? Not really. Um, don't be, don't pretend to be a, uh, a feminist. Don't feel bad. I used to go to clubs. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just like, the thing is, that's it's all for us. It's only between if we believe and live consistent 
with uh, if we believe in morality, then we believe in God. If if we believe in God, there this fucking fat whore. Sorry, my language, but it pisses me off. Um, isn't the isn't the judge? She 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 has she might have a gavel, a dildo that's shaped like a gavel, but she doesn't have she doesn't have my gavel. You know what I mean? What do you think about sports today? Um, the sports that we see, I think, are just like pretty much like entertainment, like wrestling or politics. Uh, and they still play, but I think the sports as a brand have been co-opted by like pretty much, uh, you know, the techno, globo, homo, commie uh, paradigm. And they're, they're going to try to push that culturally. And it also affects men. When you see... When you see uh, Dwayne Wade being like, my daughter's, my son is a daughter now. I can dunk. You're like, okay, you're, you're trying to splinter away family and what masculinity is. He's like, no, my daughter's a man. My man, my daughter, my son's a daughter. My son's a daughter. Did you see my triple dunk? And then you get like, you know, fucking LeBron James reading a, a tiny Malcolm X book, you know. Anomaly just did a funny video about that. It was just like, Malcolm X would look at you and be like, who do you work for, dude? Who do you work for? You're reading Malcolm X and you, you're not noticing the fox? You're not you're not noticing the uh, infamous fox? The, 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 I'm, I'm the, the, I'm the one James. I have glasses now. And I dunk and now I'm Malcolm X. I dunk, and I have little Chinese people make my shoes. I'm against slavery, but little slaves make my sneakers. I did, I did the Malcolm X. I dunked. I did a reversal, and now I'm gonna do, do the. I'm going to touch a social justice dunk. I came up with this social justice dunk, and then my sneaker. The, my sneaks are made by tiny widow Ching Chong hands. That's what I think of sports. What inspires me? Um, what inspires me is like redemption of the human spirit. You know, humility inspires me. You know, um, like, and those, those two are really interesting because redemption means like you've triumphed. Yet humility is standing in that you're never really going to win anything. You know, you're never going to really win. Even if you dunk with a widow sneaker, the triple reversal on the wag jump. And now I'm going to do political speaking chises. Speaking chises to the people. And my the widow black people that are poorer than me going to understand that we need the justice. And uh, we needed more sneakers. Thank you very much. Emancipate yourself from rental slavery.
Thoughts on Andrew Tate converting to Orthodox Christianity? I don't know who Andrew Tate is, but anytime anyone converts to Christianity, even at a broad scale, I believe that is toward the good. And so that process, uh, you know, wherever you end up, I can't, I can only judge um, its coherence. And uh, Orthodox Christianity is very coherent. Die by a dunk under the legs, flipple flip, read Malcolm X. I'm gonna do a dunk where I read Malcolm X, scream Black Lives Matter, throw the ball, put the ball under my legs, and then I dunk the balls. I put my glasses on. Uh, the Dwayne, I met Dwayne Waves. I met Dwayne Waves, uh, daughter. The I gotta go read again. I got to go read again. What are your thoughts on applying statistical data to your argumentations? I don't, my, most of my argumentations are philosophical, so they're not based in the classical foundationalist empiricist uh, model of truth, which I don't reject. It's just that you can't get philosophical truths from empirical truths. Um, but Adeline, I want to, uh, acknowledge you for uh, maturing, even in the last two weeks. That's a straightforward question. You're, you're saying it clearly. You're not adding any kind of gay feminine snark. It's almost as if the water came to your house and you didn't call dad. You just put the water in where it needs. You know, you tipped the guy, said good day. And then, you know, I think that's awesome. But yeah, that's my answer. How would I react to one of your children was gay? Well, there's a distinction of being gay, meaning you're attracted to X or whatever, and participating in gay behavior. So um, I associate gayness, homosexuality, with an activity. Um, what they've tried to do is hijack the activity and call it a being, a way of being. You know, you're gay. Oh, you're, you're, you're gay? It's like, no. Like, I'm not judging what you're attracted to and what you're gonna, what you, what your appetite is. Like, I could judge it, but I, it's not my, I can say if I believe it's uh, morally inadequate or not, but I'm not gonna stop you from thinking that. So I don't see being gay or being attracted to the same sex any different than uh, someone uh, being drawn to, any other appetite, whether that's material or um, substance, alcohol. It doesn't even have to be like, it's all the same. It's all worldliness. So being gay, the, what, the little trick that they've played since the 60s is that they try to isolate a being with someone's um, personality or their, uh, the value of them as person. You, you, the value of you as a person has nothing to do with whether you have a shit dick. And I think I'm arguing in defense of people who are gay. I don't look like your being, who you are as a person, is not based on a shit dick. So homosexuality is a behavior. It's not a, uh, like, uh, it's not a distinct kind of person. It's a behavior and it should be called a behavior. You know what I mean? 
That's why it's important to judge the behavior and not the person. You know, you look at a behavior, that behavior. Uh, you know, that's where, um, you know, Adeline just said, you know, do you ever use statistics? Like, yeah, a, a huge amount of people who are gay also have early childhood sex, sex abuse. And that's often conflated with gay people are sexually abusers, which is a different argument. It's like that can be we can explore what we consider sexual abuse for for days and years. But the reality is there's a lot of abuse in most of those cases. And so, you know, that's a statistic or there's a biological fact that, um, you know, your butthole isn't a sexual organ. So they've also been able to say anal sex. Anal sex, anal sexton. Anal sex isn't sex. It's not sex at all. It shouldn't even be called sex. Sex is when uh, creatures mate and then they make a baby. There's a purpose and a function. So saying anal sex is a denial of science, a science denier. Don't be a science denier. Don't be a science denier, Chambob. That being said, anyone attracted to children, whether they act or not, should be dealt with as a threat to society. Uh, I don't really look at threats because um, it's a matter of whether you consent, the society consents to it and uses sh social shame and uh, those kind of firewalls, which are way more important than, I argue, than uh, political law, government law, what I call feather pen law, guys who write law all fancy and swirly with their wigs on. And they're like, oh, the feather pen. Um, socially accepted or, you know, like threat. Nothing's really a threat because the, the world itself, I mean, you'd have to expand that stance to the existing itself. Just l being alive is a threat. Everything's a threat physically. But if we're talking about metaphysics and uh, values, those don't really exist in the physical as a threat. They 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 can invert things but i've i've recently realized that there's a lot of wordplay and i know what you mean by that i don't think you mean uh, any sort of subversion or anything um i'm just saying a threat presupposes that something can happen to you and that's a place of like you're buying into the material paradigm whereas arguing against depravity immorality is not something that is done in the physical necessarily you know because it's these are these are immaterial concepts you know and so a threat that can only be true if ultimately you end up basing um basing you know decency and all these things ultimately in the physical in some way and um and it's not simple because uh because degeneracy or the good can be ultimately expressed in the physical but i think there's a distinction between what is expressed being the source you know you don't point to the physical and go that's it that's the source you know morality you know morality's gone it's never gone. That's why I never say people are godless. Like this person, they're not, nobody's godless. Nobody's godless. 
you either reject God or you put you accept God is a material uh, AI, your car, Israel, you name it. You're always going to place faith in either man, material, idols, and people are doing it all the time. We do it all the time. Yeah, people are born gay. I love that scientific claim um, because if you that was true, you know, some little lab coat with a you know a rainbow lanyard selling abortion pills would be able to point to your child immediately when they're born and be like they're gay. If you're born gay, that means scientifically you can find gayness. You can just look at it and be like, you know, instead of people going, "Do you want to know the sex of your baby?" They say, do you want to know if your baby's gay? Because science, like all this science, like oh, we science, we prove got, you know, you're born gay. Okay, let's do some predictive, uh, you know, let's uh, qualify that predict with predictive science. Take 100 people when they're born and um, they can't know that the test was done and you tell me which ones are born gay. And then in, you know, 15 years, let's see how accurate you are. I mean, they will start pushing that shit. And the problem with that is like, I'll, you know, I got to be careful what I ask for because all you need is uh, the the experimenters to co-op the uh, statistical outcomes and reformat it and be like, we did it, you guys. Because people are so stupid. I mean, people are still afraid of uh, COVID. What do you think of Ryan Mil- Mitchler? I like what he's doing. I haven't gotten really into it. Um, but I like that he lives a big family life. He does a lot of his own work. He's a hard worker. He's a good example of a strong male in society. And he fights for some objective version of man. He, I believe he makes sure that he doesn't isolate it to a specific ideology. And I think that's mostly a, uh, you know, like a somewhat of a marketing and don't isolate people kind of view. Uh, I don't have any real... Um, I don't need him to do otherwise. I think to start, you know, pushing masculinity as a good thing is a good uh, counterbalance to what's going on now. If if the if the if the study's correct, I um, there was a study that said the the um, the testosterone level of an eighty year old in like the twenties is equi- is was higher than the testosterone of the average male today at 25. Um, I, again, I don't know how to verify that study. I usually don't trust studies. But just generally, I believe it just by observation. Uh, gayness is definitely being pushed though. Like kids are very in a very much in a suggestive state all the way up through high school. Even after high school, uh, you know, people are 
emotionally uh, dependent on their social interactions, guidance, you know, peer pressure. You see all those girls who are grow up conservative values or just middle of the road and they go to some liberal school and they have a shaved head and hairy armpits and a dick in a matter of a year. So they're definitely pushing, it's not just gay, they're pushing um, a, a blurred area. So it goes beyond uh, homosexuality. It goes into basically transgenderism, uh, basically androgyny. Uh, because androgyny, if it's pushed at a certain level, it will undermine the, um, you know, the natural order of things. You know, the hierarchy, um, the distinction between male and female, uh, patriarchy, family organization, um, how society is organized, even how languages are or have been organized. You know, rem there, there are people trying to remove feminine and masculine from languages. That would pretty much delete all of the Latin-based languages. I just want to grill, bro. There you go. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's left to. You know, you you make family and none of these things can, they only can impact you if you let them. Like, you know how to fight against them. You don't even have to really fight against them. All you have to do is live a moral life and build a family and protect your values. It's like, by by default, that already uh, is already, like just you living your life consistent with your values is already baseline uh, rejection and counter to these giant useless baseless movements. They don't even have any truth behind their movements. All of it: progressivism, globalism. Um, you know the the diminishment of family, uh, of state, of nation, of ethnicity, of of uh, basically all identity. Which is ironic because you know, the right, the modern right, well, identity politics, identity politics, I am Jewish. Identity politics is a, is a mess. Is a, Identity politics is, 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 a, is a curse on Western civilization. I am Jewish. I am Jewish. Uh, but identity politics is, is a definitely a cancer. It's a cancer on Western values. Uh, we should reject identity politics. Uh, I'm a Jew. I am Jewish. No, identity politics, this is what the, this is what people get stuck on is they, they take what the left, the left is doing and then they ultimately reject it because the left is doing it. And you're like, well, no, you can't do it on that basis. I, I make this point with virtue signaling. It's like, oh, well, the left is just virtue signaling. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. You're virtue signaling about the left virtue signaling. Virtue signaling is great. That's actually what, that's actually the access to social, socially embedded moral law. The, the, the thing I say transcends the feather pen law is that you need that kind of built-in ridicule. You know what I mean? That's the same reason an Italian isn't tipping over the Trevi Fountain right now like and, and destroying it because there is a moral law embedded in the people over time, 2,000 years, where they're like, uh, no matter what you do, you don't destroy that. That's just said. It's just unsaid. Of course they'd go to jail, but that's not why they don't wreck the Trevi Fountain. Shapiro is an abstractionist. Yeah, he just he toys around. I mean, look at Prager. They're still talking about communism and socialism. It's like, 
we need to reject socialism. I have, I have a cigar in my mouth. And you're like, are you still selling that dichotomy? Capitalism versus socialism? Um, what? You know, the largest capitalists are pushing a form of socialism through a technocracy. Uh, we don't talk about that because we cannot sell a shirt that says feminist capitalist. Well, I don't want to talk about that because then uh, I can't sell the, the, the tote bag. Uh, These people are retarded. Do you have any philosophical literature? Uh, philosophical literature? Um, I mean... Uh, you could do uh, all of C.S. Lewis' signature series. You can read David Hume, who's actually an atheist materialist, but it's good to get a real grounding understanding of the view itself from the person who ha who honestly uh, operates consistent with the view. Um, and then you can do Sephram Rose. Uh, he wrote something called Nihilism, which is fantastic. You could read that. Or listen to it over and over again. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as like video people, you know, uh, Jay Dyer, Church of Eternal Logos, um, any of the sort of YouTube, you know, even the ones you disagree with or don't, or don't quite have a coherent um, view fully. Like, uh, I mean, once in a while I'll listen to Stefan, but ever since he started bitching about being banned, and didn't go start his own shit. I was like, whatever. Whatever, dude. Nihilism book called what? Nihilism. It's called Nihilism. Uh, it's called Nihilism by Sephram Rose. I just googled Nihilism by Rose. What do you think about Hollywood normalizing transgenderism? Again, it's I answered that already. It's all about it's all about nihilism, relativism, uh you know, it's about pushing the, ultimately the Baphomet because, um, our access to what we want to protect and what's important to us is in a family and that has a structure and that's a, a structure based on a hierarchy, God, man, women, children. And then, um, so you take that away. That's a sort of a pragmatic way to attack the family and turn us into atomized global consumers. And then um, the, the spiritual aspect is that you don't have a connection to God if you don't have a connection to the man, the father, the father through the father. And so uh, it, it destroys the whole hierarchy, both um, in, in the logistical sense and the spiritual sense. And it turns everybody into gray matter, gray matter that absorbs material, lives in a strictly material worldliness. And our job is to just consume and... Um, and break everything down to just units. We're just units, and it really is a wet dream um, for like someone like Ayn Rand. You know, oh, that oh, you, you can pursue anything. Your dream, the dreams are possible. Everyone is just there is only the individual. There is only the individual. Pushing the Baphomet, you know, you know the Baphomet, it's just androgyny, just the complete undermining and um, erase, erasing, blurring of the sexes, of the order of things, you know, the distinctions. 
Um, the distinction of creation is between a man and a woman. The distinction of uh, family, you know, it's all, you, you remove that and, and muddle it and you can't tell a man from woman and it's removed, then suddenly you're just units. I mean, even in law, I mean, you know, when Owen had, uh, I forgot, John Barnett, maybe his name is, you know, like, uh, you know, under Black's Law Dictionary, which I, I just got that book, huge, massive book, overwhelming, by the way. Um, but there was such a good point that was uh, brought up on that stream, which is like, lawfully, we are identified as a man and, a, and woman, legally. So we have rights, and I'm not saying the government gives us rights, because rights themselves, I believe, are feather-penned illusions. Um, but... Um, uh, um, they basically distinguish man and woman legally so that if you are not a man or a woman, then you don't, uh, you're not recognized, you know, your sovereignty is not recognized. So it would make sense. I think it would be a longer, uh, far fetched Hail Mary for these globalist technate retards, uh, to go this route, but it is, would be an effective route if you made everyone a they. Uh, where they were no longer identified by male or female. Legally, based on that theory of Black's uh, Law Dictionary and how we are categorized as male and female cattle, um, if you remove that, then there is no sovereignty. We're just they. We're just Zezer. Zezer they. Z we're just sounds. And so that's a tricky thing that uh, is worth getting into. You know, which countries, which nations, which constitutions use man-woman identification as the uh, sort of the, um, the verification for your sovereignty, which I don't buy any of that anyway, because your sovereignty doesn't come from a piece of paper or people labeling you a certain way, which I think rights themselves, I have a right to life. I even think that's an inversion. I think that we were given the gift of life. We weren't given the right to life. The right is a man's inversion. The right to life, gift of life, different, totally different in how we relate to the sanctity of humans, the sanctity of our bodies, uh, and what is good. The right to life is almost like a petition it starts from the assumption that it can be taken away. The right to life means it can be not your, not the right. It can be taken. It's not a right. You were given a gift of life. Life was gifted. That's what makes it valuable. That's what, that's what ultimately grounds the argument that it's worth protecting. It's because it inherently has value because it was a gift. It was a creation. If it's right to life, it that doesn't that doesn't uh, philosophically ground that it has value. That's just a baseless claim. This is a feature for your audience to ask questions. Exclamation point. I like that.
JB, I think transgender people are in the wrong, but Bible asks us to be compassionate. Yeah. I mean, there are Bible scriptures that include sort of like eunuchs and uh, people who are sort of born with overlapping. They didn't use the word chromosomes, but it's definitely uh, uh, an argument that, set, you know, like all people, you know, we treat as ourselves. But that's the thing I was talking about earlier in the stream is that judging a behavior is not the same as judging a person, you know, and why that's why it's so important to judge behaviors or acts against the good, acts against God, acts against each other, um, distinct from judging a person like this, this, um, I'm not going to judge her, but I'm just going to kindly refer to her as a motherfucker. Okay. It's not a judgment. It's just a name. Um, uh, sorry for the language. Uh, she got me, that person got me a little riled up. So yeah, that's my uh, thoughts on that. Yes, compassion. Um, in fact, compassion is easy. It might even not be compassion if you already agree with people. You just, you just like them. You accept them. You know, they think like you. They value the same things. That's easy. Compassion's hard when it's uh, toward, when it's granted forgiveness, compassion, love toward people who, if you haven't made the distinction between activity, behavior, and the person themselves, it's uh, otherwise difficult to uh, grant compassion or forgiveness to other people because you're judging, you're like, you are disgusting. You're a terrible human. It's very easy. I do it all the time. But uh, compassion is, is challenged when you're up against, uh, you know, depravity where it's very easily, easily put the value on the person. Um, but a better argument for the good is the behavior because we reduce evil to choices and free will is such an important, uh, distinction in arguing for morality. So you don't want to take morality away as a choice by condemning people like this, um, stupid fucking bitch. Um, by condemning them forever for their past actions, you know, because then you put them in the category as opposed to their activity, their, their behavior as the, uh, you know, as the, as the, um, the evil thing we know is evil. We know what was bad. That's what redemption is. That's what looking at and go, Oh, I don't want that anymore. I reject that now. Yeah, but it wasn't three years ago. It's only three years ago, Jim Bob. That means you're not within the three year contract. Shut the fuck up. Sorry. Let me play this. Lord Vader, the enemy is in our sights. Good. I want to destroy their civilization from the inside. Shall we hit them with the laser, Lord Vader? No. We will hit them with opioids, pornography, and public education. Would you like us to deploy fractional reserve banking? <laughs> Usury. I will begin at once, Lord Vader. In the meantime, I'll send in some troops to weaken their men. Ready when you are, sir. That's still very relevant. Uh, what about pedos? Uh, pedos are probably the ultimate trigger for me. Um, uh, and send a lot of us into absolute rage and we become the executioner. 
Um, but I can't, I can't uh, actually change my position based on the activity. It's that the activity is horrific, and as it come, when it comes to punishment, you have to reject it. Though that's the thing is like socially, it's about rejecting it and putting it into a box and being like that's a behavior that's reprehensible, and that's what ultimately stops the creation of a pedophile because like a lot of homosexuals, pedophiles also come from a background of being totally abused. And so it just keeps going back and back and back, you know, like the, the, the linking and the webbing of activity of evil is always, it just goes back to choices made, choices, choices, choices. There's all these choices made that then create a condition for the same behavior to exist and, and somewhat be justified, uh, in a sense, not morally, but just justified where you, you understand where it comes from and you go, oh, that person learned that. They were abused. They were totally manipulated and abused in all these ways and that's – they're linked to that and they, that's how they think – That's they think that's love, you know, and that's the thing. The whole, the whole like love is love posters that I see, that's all they're saying is that let's uh, let's not – create a, a line, a distinction. Let's just call anything with an appetite. You have an appetite towards love. You know, why can't, a, why can't a man love a little boy? It's just love. No. No, it's not. You know, love isn't appetite. Love isn't uh, physicality purely. Uh, love isn't getting off. That's not love. So, um, so again, yeah, pedos, the activity needs to be ultimately uh, rejected. And if someone, uh, continues that behavior, again, my view on justice is not a pragmatic one at all, because, um, I believe that the family of a victim or the victim themselves ultimately should have the say on forgiveness versus punishment. And that's the only way, because the person who's delivering the punishment must also execute the punishment. The, per the person who's claiming the punishment should execute it. I don't believe in covering your head or hiring a cop to lower a lever, you know, on a dude electrocuting them. I think the person who is most arguing for a punishment, who's saying what the punishment should be, should ultimately be the one left doing the pun, you know, executing the punishment because they have to live with their own uh, deed. It becomes a one-to-one -one ratio. It doesn't, you don't hire some kids and make them fight Israeli wars. You know, you don't hire some guy with a mask to chop the head off of people. You know, if you are arguing for justice, are you willing to accept the moral and spiritual impact of uh, taking on justice, uh, taking on vengeance? I really believe vengeance is the Lord's and uh, I don't believe – that doesn't mean I believe I'd be able to follow that. I believe that it's very difficult to say whether any of us could maintain that, that view when we're really put to the test, really put to the test. What are your thoughts on what's coming in possible vaccines? You know – the vaccines are all just going to be a placebo. So it's funny. It, the, the irony is that they've been using vaccines and using like spider bits and like baby parts and all this shit and mercury. Now they're at the point where 
they have us so con- they have people so convinced that they don't even need to make a an actual vaccine in the same way. They got people so convinced they'd be line up. They would line up and take a sugar vaccine. You know, they would take a what do you get at the uh, what do the nurses use when they get drunk and they want to sober up quick? They could just do that. People wouldn't know the difference, and it would work. They'd be like, "I feel so much better." Everybody, there's no COVID now because they would just do that. Um, which fi- I'm fine with. Go ahead, get your vaccine. I don't care. I'm not even in the position of convincing people to not get vaccines because if if you're even considering it in this kind of scenario, you're there's so many more levels that precede that philosophically that uh, it's like a I can't help you. I can't help you. You know. Thoughts on DNC star logo? I don't really get hooked on that shit because um, if that was verified, it would probably be trolling. I think people troll. Um, I think like the Bill Gates vac, you know, the, uh, the, um, what the hell was it? His like cryptocurrency thing he partnered with like uh, DARPA or some shit. They made the patent 666. These people, what they do is they par- they purposefully parallel scripture and prophecy. One, to troll Two, it's a form of manufactured consent. So what they do is they, it's really tricky. And I, I, this is just a theory. You take a bunch of people who would resist something and you take the reasoning that they would resist it. And then you go to the Bible and you find prophecy. And what you do is you mirror the prophecy so that they couldn't actually argue against it because it would be prophetic. So if you are a psychopath like Bill Gates, you would actually align your operations with prophecy because ultimately if it's prophecy and you're believing that it's real and they're not just, um, you know, borrowing it or adopting it or, you know, kind of co-opting it, then you buy, you have to accept it. You have to, it's a form of creating acceptance, um, through resistance. It's a really, uh, clever, uh, sociopathic thing going on. So that's what I think about DNC stuff. I think they all troll and they use things. I even think that the, the fucking um, cuties was that. I think it's all outrage economics. It draws the attention. It's no different than you're driving and you see the uh, appropriately the, the pizza sign you know, in the window and in the Z's are backwards. And you're like, oh, why there's Z's backwards? That's wrong. That's not it. And you, and it sets up a inconsistency in your brain. You don't agree with it. And then you look at it and then ultimately it drives attention toward people. And, and they, that's what they do. So anyway, uh, anyway, I'm glad I had this stream. Love you guys. Be compassionate. Uh, don't hold the gavel. Don't hold the gavel for other people. Point out behavior. Don't judge the person. Don't tell them where they're going. You know, be a good person. Acknowledge your past. Own up to it. It's freeing. Love you. Bye.